Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Square One. A podcast where we take our guests back to square one, where they first started their business, so that you can learn from their successes and failures. Brought to you by Isaiah and Malcolm with Omni Home Services. Today we have Dr. Matt Smith, owner and chiropractor at Rev Optimal Living, where they have a very unique chiropractic process that we're looking forward to diving in today. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Matt, thanks for uh, giving us your time today. I love your practice because uh, you're wearing a Rev Life shirt. So if you want to check out Rev Life, um, do that. But you guys are super focused on health and healing and the good shit that we need to be focusing on to live good, you know, long lives. Good shit. Tell us about Rev Life. So Rev started eight years ago with my wife and I, Dr. Monica. Um, we graduated chiropractic school in December of 2015 and opened up our doors in April of 2016. So uh, three months later, we opened up our doors and that was kind of out of necessity because my wife was two months pregnant with our son. So we realized we needed to get to Chattanooga from Atlanta and open up our practice. So um, we opened up with a intention to support the Chattanooga community and support as many people as we could. Uh, our focus is on neural integration, which is a process to help people process stress that's been built up in their nervous system body that are preventing them from living their optimal life. So we take people through a healing journey of really healing things, not only from their past, but helping their nervous system become more adaptable to future challenges and future stressors. So it's you're not your typical chiropractor where they're going to just break your back and pop you in all kinds of places. For more info, <laughs> check out Rev Optimal Living. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Matt could talk for hours and hours on the whole process, but it is more of an internal thing and it's working on yourself. So again, check out Rev Optimal Living if you want more info. Uh, he did mention his son. I got to say, just to put it out there, Dr. Matt and Monica have a son and a daughter. They've named a Rocky and Lion. Mm -hmm. And we name them appropriately. Rocky, very solid, very in his body. Lion is just that. She is a lion. <laughs> She's a wildebeest. <laughs> That's awesome. It is uh, those kids' names are uh, pretty badass. We're setting them up for success. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, Matt, uh, let's jump right into the failure stuff that we talk about. We are talking to budding and aspiring entrepreneurs. Maybe you're in business for a little while. Maybe you've been there for a while and you're stuck. But I think you can talk to a lot of people, especially if they're in and or around the healthy side of things, you know, chiropractic work, um, service work, anything like that, because you're going to experience those failures. Tell us about one of the biggest failures you've had in the eight years you've been in business and what you've learned from it. Yeah, absolutely. So my biggest failure, and I so appreciated these questions and thinking about these things before the podcast, because I'm not necessarily a person that um, reflects too much on the past. I kind of try to live in the moment as much as I can. And my downfall is I sometimes think too much in the future as well, which I'm sure we all do. Um, but at the reflecting back, I was realizing, man, we really have done a whole heck of a lot over the last eight years. So I appreciated this time to kind of think about it. Um, but again, I, I kind of shared with you, we had three months to open up our practice when we moved here. 
And my mentality was, I'm going to fail fast. And uh, I don't necessarily love that term, but I get a lot of people understand it. It's about going out there, trying things, um, and you know, essentially getting rejected as often as you can, because the more you get rejected, the more you're going to learn and the more people you're going to connect with. Um, and so for the first year, two years, while you know we were building our practice, I was literally out in the community all the time. That's how I met Malcolm doing BNI. And we built a really, really amazing practice in the first two to three years. Um, and then a little thing called C19 happened uh, about three plus years into, into practice, about four years in practice. And um, it shifted some things. Obviously, we all took a step back from, from life. And what I did was I assumed that the growth that we had was just going to continue even with me not doing the same things that I always used to do. I obviously understood we had to do different things during the pandemic, just kind of navigate it differently. But I, I essentially, if I reflect, I, I took my foot off the gas and I stopped doing the things that I knew were supportive, like setting up events and doing talks and seminars, going to you know lunch and learns or to go in different places to meet people. And it was a slow kind of trickle effect that you don't notice at first, but then several months, a year plus down the road, kind of looked at our number of people that were in our office and our bottom line. And we were no longer in a trajectory of growth. We first flatlined and then we started going in the wrong direction. And so that was a, um, you know, I don't like to use the word failure. Um, I really did see it as an opportunity and a blessing because it made us refocus on what we were trying to create and what we were trying to do. So um, it's amazing though, wherever attention goes, I believe energy flows and change can occur. So we got back on it and uh, my wife and and then it got, it wasn't just me and her, it was my sister and sister-in-law who joined in and then my brother-in-law and, and sister-in-law that other brother-in-law and sister-in-law joined in. So we're a family of six of us now that are all part of Rev. Let's and, pump the brakes right yeah, there, yeah, yeah, Ted yeah. Mosby, for just a second, because that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> Ted Mosby architect. <laughs> we're we're going to get into, uh, but let's rewind just a touch. Uh, you said you stopped doing events and networking and stuff. Why? You know, I... If I go back to the moment and experience, I was like, okay, I've worked my tail off for three years and like we were quote unquote, like good, busy, busy money was good. We had two kids at that time. Now we had a one-year-old uh, lion was just, just turned one. And I thought, for, what, what was it? I forgot what I saw. I saw someone that worked just Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then they had a four day weekend. I'm like, I can do that. I want that. I know other chiropractors, other healthcare providers that have that nice schedule. And so I did that and I only worked three days. And I, and luckily, you know, my sister and sister-in-law were starting to come in and they were working, um, doing their own thing and they weren't necessarily part of what we're doing now. Um, but I just thought that I could just keep what I had without putting in any extra intention or effort. Yeah. And that was a huge mistake. <laughs> I think our listeners can pick up on, uh, if you're not growing, you're going backwards. Absolutely. So if you think, hey, I'm good, I'm just going to chill right here, then you're going backwards. So you've, your learning lesson from that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is getting back into more events and uh, things like that, right? Because I've seen you guys have probably 19 parties at your new office. <laughs> <laughs> we do like I've to throw parties. I've only been to two, but yes. Yeah. One of our values is obviously we have, you know, nourishment, detoxing and all these different things from a health perspective. But one of our like essentials of living is fun because fun is a huge piece of life. I think you said earlier, if you're the 80-20 rule, if you're not, you know, doing the 80% and the 20% doesn't really matter because you're not having fun. So I I'm all about having fun and having events. Um, and so for me, 
I don't necessarily think it has to be events because every single person, every entrepreneur is going to have different skill sets. So focusing and doubling down, maybe you are good at social media. Maybe you are good at creating videos. Maybe you're good at uh, writing emails and creating books. Um, double down on that because I think whatever it is that you're doing to either to go out to meet people in the community, which I do feel for me was my superpower, um, putting any form of intention and energy towards your business is going to build that momentum where people get hiccups at is that they just kind of stop doing those things. And they kind of maybe shift to doing instead of deepening that they do something else, do something else. They try so many different things instead of doubling down on what they're really good at. Hmm. That's fair. Before we move further, I want to ask a quick question. One word that I've noticed you mentioned a couple of times is community and interested to hear about how you and the team over at Rev Optimal Living identify community and what that means to you. And maybe the better way to ask this question is who are your people in the community that you really like to be around and work with? Hmm. And when you ask that, do you mean in regards to our clients that come in? Could be clients, um, could be a way in which you serve your community too. Well, in regards to our clients, we have everyone and anyone under yeah. the sun that comes and comes to us. So um, we're always fascinated the people that end up coming through our doors because we have Sally, the yoga instructor and Joe, the construction worker and everyone in between, right? Shout out to Sally Bacon. Sally. <laughs> um, I wasn't actually even referring to her, but that's fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to Sally and Joe. Um, so from a sense of who we necessarily work with, it is a hodgepodge of people. You actually would expect it to be more of the yoga lifestyle, holistic thinking people, but we get a lot of lawyers, we get a lot of CEOs, we get a lot of high level athletes. It's really just people that have been really now eight plus years into it. 90% of our people are referred in by people that have been in that share, hey, this is a unique and different process, but you're going to see these changes. So it's anyone who is open to shifting things in their life. But to answer your question about community, this is really something that we've developed over the last year and a half, two years that we've put a name to it. Mm. Because I think we live in a world where social media, being on our phones all the time, what the pandemic did, we are, we're so separated from people. Like hundreds and thousands of years ago, we were living in big tribes, right? And slowly over decades and centuries, centuries of decades, we've kind of separated and we've spread out more. So I think people are longing for connection. And what we've noticed is that the people that can see Monica and I, my wife and I's kind of personality, who we are, that we are real people, that we have shit, that we have stuff going on, that we're not perfect. And we can share our story of our own health and healing. They feel more connected to that. Um, and based on that, we want to provide as many opportunities for our community to get education, to uh, meet different people in the health and wellness field in Chattanooga, because we have an amazing community there. So um, outside of our people, we want to connect with people like Nutrition World, people like um, Cole Webster from Bar Nursery, who's has all these amazing plants and serves our community. So these different small businesses that align with our mission. And for us, our mission is supporting the health and healing of as many people we can in Chattanooga. That's awesome. So a lot of your community has been found through healing. That's beautiful. Absolutely. So one question we love to ask on the podcast, and I feel like this could be a really interesting answer today, is the question as far as routine. Do you have a favorite one? Yeah. Routines are interesting, man. Um, <laughs> 
I think about like so many different high level athletes or high level CEOs. Everyone's different, right? There are some people that wake up at 4 a.m., they get in their hour workout, they do some jujitsu, and then they crush work for five hours and they're done at 12. And then you have stories like Jeff Bezos, who in his prime, and no pun intended, but in his prime, <laughs> right, he, he wouldn't wake up till later. Uh, and then he'd be with his kids and his first meeting wasn't until 10 a.m. And then he kind of did his own thing. So everyone is a little bit different. And I've gone through... I would probably say 50, 60 different morning routines and morning different um, aspects from waking up early, working out. Um, right now, I'm in a season of life that the last three months of 2023, I did not do any routines and I did not take care of myself as much as I should. I wasn't lifting weights like I was typically doing. I wasn't meditating, wasn't getting out of my comfort zone, um, but I was still doing things for our business. And then Christmas came and I just, I took a step back uh, and January started and I was like, you know what? It's time to get back in routine. So right now um, for me, what works well, and I, my suggestion to people is just do something that you're going to do consistently and be okay that it's not always hundred percent all the time and you can be adaptable with it. Um, but I wake up, first thing I try to do is put my feet on the ground and think of something that I'm grateful for. Um, I'll then go start making my coffee and then I'll sit down for 10, 15 minutes. I'll throw on some nice theta brainwave music and I'll meditate and do two things. One, I'll focus on three, four, five things that I'm grateful for in my life because I believe it's really important to set that intention in your nervous system. And then I'll actually like envision my day and what I want to accomplish and what I want to feel and really feel into that. Like this morning, I thought about meeting you guys and I thought about just having fun and shooting the shit and just enjoying and having a good conversation. And then after that, I'll try to do some sort of physical movement. Um, now that it's cold, I have a cold plunge filled with water outside of our uh, outside of our house that I'll try and jump into. And right now, I'm just trying to train my brain to just say yes and jump into it. So this one week when it was snow, I had to like get the hammer and break oh, the God. ice on there. It was awful. And by the way, I dunked my head in there and I hit my head on that. So don't dunk your head when there's ice below you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair. Yeah. Awesome, man. Pass on the uh, on the cold plunge, oh, by no. the way. Got to do it, man. Got to do it. <laughs> but I can appreciate some daily affirmations, meditation, and manifestation that mm -hmm. you talked about. And, you know, to our listeners, too, uh, you're right. Some of the most successful people have great routines. They're up at a certain time, and some don't. And you know what? If you're in the part of life that you just don't, it, don't beat yourself up. That's just, you know, that's just life, yeah. right? Sometimes we are not going to do our routine 80% of the time because we need a 20% of the time where we're just, man, I'm going to stay in bed for a couple minutes longer, or I don't feel like getting in that damn ice bath, or, you know, I don't want to go swim for an hour and 15 minutes mm -hmm. before my kids wake up, you know? Don't beat yourself up if you're not in that, um, that space right now. Yeah, totally. Dr. Matt, though, with any kind of health or service-based industry, we like to ask our guest if you could talk to anybody in your shoes or wanting to be in your shoes, um, what would be one thing they can do that would bring an immediate positive ROI to that action? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that if you are in my shoes, if you're going to be opening up a chiropractic office, if you're going to be opening up a service industry, if you're going to be working with people where you essentially have to bring people in through your doors, 
especially if you're in a community like Chattanooga, now maybe being somewhere like a big city like Atlanta or Knoxville or Nashville might be a little different. I feel like Chattanooga was the perfect size for us because um, it's a big community, but it's also a small community. You're only separated by a couple of people, right? So my thing is just going out and meeting as many people as you humanly can and introducing yourself uh, and genuinely connecting with those people. I think a lot of times, and I saw this in BNI and networking things, you're, you're really a lot of people are talking to you and not talking with you, right? And so people can genuinely feel when you actually care about them or care about what they're sharing and you do it in a genuine way. And the cool thing about that is you do that over time, people are going to remember that you are caring. People are going to remember that. So when they have an issue, when they have something going on, they're going to remember that. And that may not necessarily give a huge immediate ROI, but you will eventually have people referring people into you, which I feel is one of the most powerful things. And what that does over the long term, I think is even greater. I think so many people have this need that I need to make something quick happen, um, And there is an aspect to that because you got to pay the bills. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs could benefit from expanding their time horizon from one month to six months, from six months to even three years. And I think that will better suit them for when there's some times that things are challenging. They're really thinking about the long-term process of it all. I love that. So on your notes, and thank you for, uh, you know, creating notes by the way for coming on it helps our talking experience it was last night at 9 30 p.m oh, great thank you that's 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 a good routine so uh you know you just said it's really simple in the beginning you got to tell people what you do right whether you're selling juice or building a firework stand it doesn't matter if somebody doesn't know that you're doing chiropractic that we're not you know doing home inspections or pest control or you know whatever it is nobody's gonna know so don't be a secret agent unless you're a secret agent right yeah. and then on your notes you say long term um that connection is uh, just a genuine connection yeah. how many people do you see at your firm now at your practice i guess it would be mm-hmm. not a firm practice practice yeah um, how many people are coming in the door now that you met years ago? Literally, we have someone new coming in that we met eight years ago that's coming in very recently. And that happens all the time in our practice. Um, so you just never know how far reaching or that someone's going to remember you down the road. And I do want to actually backtrack a little bit because you said getting in front of people and letting them know what you do. I think in other pieces too, when you get all those people in, you can fine tune your approach of communication to them about what it is that you actually do and also guiding them along the journey. And then a piece of that as well is actually providing a really good service and a really good product. So along the way, especially the first couple of years, I think we're just kind of calibrating, right? You're getting people in, you're doing, I I use the analogy, I used to like, not physically, but energetically kind of strangle people. Like, you're going to get in here. I think I did that with you, Malcolm. And so for us, like, we have a process that someone comes in, we do, we talk to them, we share what they're going to experience, and then we give them a month option to really see what they can do. And then from there, they can make a more empowered decision. So it's like setting up an entire system as well, because most likely, unless you are following a blue print from Applebee's or Chili's or a chain or something like that, you're going to kind of be flying by the seat of your pants. So the first year, two years, three years, don't put so much pressure on yourself to have everything figured out. And I will say eight years into this, uh, we have this saying in our office, like 
every day we're getting 1% better. So the mistakes that we make, we're learning from them real time. And I think actually that's a huge piece of long-term growth and ROI because you're just getting better every single day. You know, before we came up here today, we talked downstairs about the ideal listener for this episode. And I think the reality is a lot of people that are heading down the entrepreneurial route realize that there's going to be a lot of stress that they face in the future. And that's your specialty, man. If you could give our listener maybe one practical thing that they could do to mitigate stress or just deal with stress on the daily, what would that look like? I think there's no answer to that, right? I've sure. been doing this for a long time. And there's no answer like, <laughs> like, He's like nothing. Stress, accepting the fact mm. that stress inherently is going to happen every single day. We actually grow through stress. So stress is based on our perception of the actual event that's happening. We have a capacity, a bandwidth to be able to handle a certain amount of information every single day. The reality is 95% of who you are is subconscious. So we're only aware of about 5%. So there is a there's stuff in this room that's stressing out our body and nervous system, whether we're aware of it or not. There's going to be stresses in life that happen. So it's our ability to process that stress that's going to determine your success later in life. And in the moment, so there's things you can do, obviously, from taking care of your mind, body, temple, doing things, physically working out, detoxing your body, getting yourself in the best physical possible place you can, because when you do that, you have less energy expenditure to handle more stuff and increase your bandwidth. So that's one aspect of it, which is the health component. But I think it's also just like seeing those experiences, not as why is it happening to me, but why is it happening for me? There is an opportunity in this experience. And if you can just simply change that every single time something happens, and I think I learned this relatively quick crappy things would happen. And I would immediately, I try to train my brain, be like, okay, what's going to happen here? Like, what am I going to learn from this experience? I feel like that has really supported us and I don't get knocked off my rocker mm. all that often, but you have to train yourself in that sense because we've all had, we've all had experiences from childhood, teenage years, young twenties, thirties, whatever it may be that in the moment that experience really sucked. But if we processed it down the road, it's like, oh yeah, I see why that happened. And oh, now I learned from that experience. I'm going to be even better because of it. So I think it's one, taking care of yourself that you have the mental and physical capabilities to handle that stress. That's a big piece of it. Putting yourself in a, in a good position, but then changing your perception of like, oh, this is actually a bad thing. This sucks in the moment, but I'm going to learn from this. And I'm going to grow from this. I think that helps you move through it faster. Very cool. It's funny, Matt, I've been thinking about you guys lately because, uh, well, we live close to each other and you guys have just a really beautiful family. You're always smiling and just having a good time. Same to you. Um, well, my family's not always <laughs> smiling, but whatever. <laughs> <Neither> is mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my wife and I have been doing some research on, you know, blue zones where people live to uh, 100 years old. And the thing that we, you guys talked about stress, and that was one of the things. But their big, their big three things was, uh, and they have in common is typically more of a plant-based diet. Um, and you've already said you know, nutrition. And they, the second one was daily activity. They're always doing something every single day. And the third one, which I never put together and you kind of hit on it, it's a strong social bond. So like if they feel a reason, I guess if they feel a reason to stay alive, it's a bigger reason to stay alive, Hundred percent. which we lack a lot of that here. So good for you guys for, you know, including your community 
to be all encompassing because you never know when somebody's going to need you. But we're going to move on to uh, what I see as a very difficult issue for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you work with your wife, mm-hmm. your wife's sister, yep. your wife's sister's husband. That is correct. <laughs> your sister. That is also correct. <laughs> Anybody is that? I think uh, there's an uncle in there. Okay, maybe, uncle, no. maybe so some strangers. My wife, my sister, my sister-in-law, my other sister-in-law, and then my brother-in-law. So five out of six of us are chiropractors, and Steffi is our one of our front office managers. And then we have two more employees as well. So six out of eight of us are family, and he's crossing his eyes right now. Well, because a lot of people <laughs> struggle. A lot of people struggle working with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you don't. Tell us how you work through those struggles because there's still family. There's still a personal life. You know, there's still uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So how do you dis? A lot of people have a problem disassociating family roles uh, from work roles. Like, hey, I'm the boss. I'm going to tell you what to do. Or, you know, hey, I don't want to see you at Thanksgiving because I see you five days a week. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely have our issues, whether we were family or not. Um, but we're all in this together. They all have a, a stake in the game for it to, for this business to succeed. So there's that aspect of it. We're, we're all in on our message and mission. So you need people around you that have the same purpose and mission. I think that's important. Um, Ray Dalio wrote the book Principles. He's a hedge fund manager, one of the most successful hedge fund managers. And in his business, he has a concept and in his business that he had, one of his concepts in the book's um, principles is radical transparency. So the janitor could speak to the CEO of the business if something that he saw wasn't working correctly. And there was this note, there was no bridge in the communication and he could tell him exactly what was going on. And that person had to receive that information. So in theory, that sounds great. And practicality is a different story, but I love that because I'm a person that just likes to put all the cards on the table. And if something's bothering someone to share it and that the person then, and that's the work, not taking anything personally as well, um, that we can move through those things. Because I feel like if things aren't communicated right away, what happens? They fester and they sit in our subconscious. We then perceive that person as like, gosh, Matt always does this or Lauren always does this. And man, I, you know, working with my sister specifically, you know, we'll have a conversation. I'll say something, she'll say something. And we're right back to being 10, 10 years old and seven years old and our shit will come up. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we're like, oh yeah, we're being 10 year olds and seven year olds right now. So I'm blessed because I have people that again, will do that radical transparency, share their truth. And then for me, I'm, I'm solution oriented, like, okay, we have this issue. We have this problem. The longer that it takes for us to figure this out, the longer it's going to slow down our growth. So I'm all about just moving through those things as fast as possible. So um, it doesn't necessarily give an answer to people that may or may not be working. And, you know, I also like my family. You know, I'm lucky. I love my wife. I, I enjoy working with her. I enjoy, you know, talking business. Like, you know, you, you talk, talked about me wearing this Rev Life sweater. If you see me around town, six and a half out of seven days a week, I'm wearing something Rev because Rev is who we are. Rev is my life and I love it so much. So that's why it works for our family. So whether it's family members or coworkers, I think it's important that some level they have to be all in on what you're doing. I like that. I guess uh, for the listeners and well, quite frankly, myself, what happens when you can't draw back from that 10 and seven year old? Because I'm going to stay 10 and I'm going to win that argument. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, ego has to be put to the side sometimes. Um, sometimes we have, I mean, anything in business, right? There's negotiations, there's give and take. It's sharing your side, sharing what you need. And then if a, if a resolution can't be resolved or if something can't be resolved, what fight it out, what, you fight it out. Right. But then you step away, right? You let the emotions kind of cool off and eventually cooler heads kind of come to the table and you can figure it out. But we're all on the same path of figuring out how to fix these problems. And that's why we do have that mentality in our office of, hey, if something comes up, it's going to be sucky, but we're going to get better today. We're going to be 1% better. And sometimes those 1% are 20% or 100% better because we worked through something really deep. But I think just by having that agreement, we know that we love each other and that's easier because we're family. You might not necessarily love coworkers or people that you're not related to, but that's essentially what we try to do. That's awesome, man. I'm sure Malcolm might jump a little bit more into this next question, but we always ask, is there anything that you want our listener to know about you or your business? One thing I'm interested in hearing about is what is RevLife? What is RevLife? So this is a, it's a newer thing. Um, you know, it comes down to our community that we've been talking about and I'm trying to really understand brand as well. Um, again, we've been doing this for eight years. We're mostly in Chattanooga. Um, but for a lot of people that don't know that Monica and I, we both lost our health when we were younger and it was through these natural healing processes that everything shifted. So Monica has been on this journey of healing for 15 years. I met her three or four years later, so I've been on it for about 11 years. Um, you do anything for a long period of time, you just kind of kind of become second nature. Like I don't have to think about or go through a research study of what meditation does for my brain-body connection and what it does for my nervous system. Um, I don't have to think about what an ice bath does. It kind of just is part of my life now, eating certain foods, working out certain ways. So what we're trying to do is that a lot of people overcomplicate health and healing. We're really, health can be simple. We have to eliminate the things that are hurting us, essentially. And we live in a world, unfortunately, where we get- It's difficult to it's do. It's very difficult. Yep. I heard something a long time ago that always resonated with me from a neurological nervous system processing capacity. We take in more stress as a human being in this generation in one single year inputs wise than a hundred years ago's generation did in an entire lifetime. We have so much digital, we have chemicals, we have experiences, we have so much input to our nervous system. So, you know, we have a lot of those things that come up. So you can't eliminate all those things, but you got to learn how to decrease. You have to mitigate it. Um, and so the Rev Life is really learning different aspects, helping people to become educated, because I believe when you become educated, you become empowered. And when you become empowered, you know, for lack of a better term, you're unstoppable and you can do anything that you desire. Where can we find more info about just Rev Life? Um, so you can go on our Instagram at Rev Optimal Living. We are now in the process of creating more YouTube videos. Um, but again, it's it's things that are are common, things that are out there from just taking care of yourself on a daily basis. Um, but you can find out more through our website as well, revoptimalliving.com. But stay tuned and we'll have more as as the weeks, months, years progress. You know, I'd like to see just for our listeners and myself too, actually, is, you know, what inside of Rev Life, uh, what can you teach us like what not to do? Because I feel like that's just as difficult or easier than what we should do. Of course, we should eat, you know, plant-based diets, but like how bad is a Coca-Cola? How bad is fast food? We're going there? Shit's bad, <laughs> right? No, we're not going to go there. Yeah, no, I mean... Episode. I, it, Everything in life is a choice, right? 
I think what a lot of people do is that they don't take ownership of their life. And for me, I have zero judgment if someone wants to drink a Coca-Cola or a Diet Coke or this or whole Chattanooga bottle whiskey. of whiskey. And I enjoy some whiskey. Absolutely. 80-20, right? Um, but if you have goals, you have dreams, you have desires, not only for your health, but also to create a business, right? Every action has a consequence, or a, it could be that consequence could be a positive consequence, right? Um, you know, we talked about stress earlier. Going for a run is stressful. Lifting weights is stressful. It stresses your heart. It stresses your muscles. But you do that long enough, you give yourself proper time, rest, and you eat good foods and don't necessarily eat Big Mac every day, your body's going to regenerate, heal, and grow from that experience. So um, in regards to what to not to do, as was your first question, don't try to be perfect. Uh, I am by, I've been on this healing journey for 10 years and been an entrepreneur for eight years, man. I still feel like a student of life because I learn shit every single day. And again, what we talk about recalibrating. So I think it's limiting the things that, you know, like you, people know that having three sodas a day is bad for them. So some people need to quit that cold Turkey. Most people I would say, Hey, you've been doing three Cokes for every day for the last 20 years today let's just do two. And then next week, let's just do one. And then eventually, maybe you don't want any. So it's a slow process. And again, people want quick fixes in this world, but you get to make the choice. Like, what do you want to create? And you know how to put yourself in a situation to be at your absolute best and making those decisions more over time. Matt, do you have any book recommendations for us? Yeah, I was thinking about that question. I saw you guys wrote that. I'm actually more of, I've actually become, you know, having two kids, we have a lot less time to read these days. And yes, that is an excuse, but I definitely listen to more YouTube. But um, back in the day, uh, for my education purposes, I just, I love listening to interviews. Um, the Big Leap was a really, really good book from a business aspect. There's a lot of different books from personal growth and development that I think can be applicable. Um, but Big Leap was a, written by a guy named Gay Hendricks. And this book essentially showed me that we all have a tendency, a set point to bring ourselves back into our lower self when we start getting a little bit of success and how a lot of times we self-sabotage ourselves um, and we're not even aware of it. So it was a great book to see like, oh, when I'm not having success in life or if I miss something like I experience it's on me. And what it did is empower me to be like, okay, cool. I don't want to run these patterns anymore. And when I start sensing that I'm doing that self-sabotage, I can then see it because awareness is the most important part. And then we can start shifting from there. So I really love The Big Leap. And then another book is that I'm actually reading right now, but um, I'm, so I'm not finished. So I'm not a master in it, but it's called Unreasonable Hospitality. Um, the guy, and I can mess up his last name, David Guerrera or Guerrera or something like that. I forget what it is. He was on a Netflix special. It was called Seven Days Out. Essentially, he was running a very successful restaurant in New York City. It was one of the three-star Michelin restaurants, one of the best in New York, uh, and they were moving to a new place. So they showed the process of moving from their old place, renovating the whole thing and creating this whole new thing. And what this guy David talks about is that he created a business that every single person in that space is taught how to give the best hospitality to every single person that walks in. And it's like the attention to detail, even from how the forks are laid, how everything is washed, how the chefs prepare things, and then how it's served when someone walks in, how they are greeted with a smile. So I, I, I saw that about a year ago, and that was actually like a huge shift for our business because I'm like, 
man, I want to make like a five-star experience for our clients when they walk in. So now I'm kind of anal. Like I walk in, I'm like, in the best way, I see what's wrong with a lot of things. I'm like, cool, we got to fix this, got to fix this with that 1% shift mindset. Um, so I think that's a really great book. Again, I'm halfway through it, but I learned a lot of his um, teachings through some videos and then also that Netflix special, um, Seven Days Out. You know, I actually saw that guy at a conference uh, a while back. Was it Patrick Bet Davids? Uh, no, I think or his name was Will. Will Guerrero. Will Guerrero. Sorry, yeah, David. Will uh, Guerrero. Yeah, and uh, he is actually saying there was one specific instance where somebody was trying to go to the beach and their flight was canceled or something, and they train everybody there to be so outrageously. Uh, hospitable. Somebody went to Home Depot and got four bags of play sand and like dumped it around their table. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was like, hey, you're at the beach. So it was, uh, it, it's pretty, pretty crazy just to think about, you know, outside the box hospitality. So um, teeing up our last question here for you, Dr. Matt, you actually bounced around and you actually named the guy and you said it several times. Ray Dalio, I think is his name, the hedge fund guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his master class recently said failure and reflection equals success. So as we go back to square one, if you could go back uh, 10 years ago or whenever you started your journey, whether it's health wise or eight years ago when you took the leap to be an entrepreneur, what would you go back in time and tell yourself? Failure and reflection equals success. So I think I already shared that the taking my foot off the gas was one of the the bigger lessons, but I think what's coming up is valuing yourself. You know, I, I believed in myself, but the biggest thing that I could reflect on is I think when I, in the beginning I would give away a lot of things. I'd give away care. I'd say, oh, this person can't afford this. Um, I'd give you know, Johnny, a, a different uh, price than I would stew. And that was because I was not certain and sure in myself. And that took time also too, because our approach was unique and it was different. I really will be serious with you the first year or so. It was all kind of based off theory that this would work. And then after a year and a half of seeing people heal and go through some crazy shit, I'm like, oh, this actually does work. So <laughs> it did take some time to kind of get to that place. But I think whatever it is that you're doing, you have to find a way to massively believe in yourself and find massive value within. Because if you do not have that, people will smell that and they will feel through that and you will not get the results that you could of valuing yourself and saying, this is the price that I am and you're not ashamed of it. And again, there's a balance of that because I do believe that there's power in like getting people in the door and doing what you have to do, but setting yourself up for success in that best way is really an inner journey and just essentially just loving yourself fully to accept that. That's awesome, man. That's great, man. Yeah. Uh, finding yourself and her value that, uh, that goes a long way. Really does. (laughs) I mean, it really does. Well, Dr. Matt, as always, thank you for your time, sir. We appreciate you. And, uh, thanks for being on. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Square One Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Omni Home Services, where we rep Chattanooga Home Inspector, Nuclear Pest Control, Elevate Home Staging and Design, and Radon Eraser. We release a new episode each week, so be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode.